Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Feels like forever since we've talked. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. crazy. Yeah. It is. Well, it's good to be back. Uh, we haven't really... Uh, actually, we haven't put anything out since, what, December? January. Since January, yeah. <laughs> there's been a lot going on. Um, COVID. COVID. Uh, we have little Benjamin is here now. Yeah. Tornado. Um, tornado. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah, man. 2020 has been um, a wild year. Almost something like out of Revelations, I would yeah. say. We're um, only, what, six months into it? About to be six months. So, yeah. Wow. Keeping my Same. eyes on the sky, waiting for that sky yeah. to crack open. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Um, well, I everybody better be ready. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, I wanted to jump on today and uh, really just interview you. Um, I feel like you have great insight. I've said that before on the podcast. Um, but I just wanted you to uh, share from your knowledge and your experience um, what you think about uh, what's recently come up in the news, and that is. Um, the passing away of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, uh, it's, it's a huge pivotal moment um, in our country. And I think that with everything that's going on right now, there could be a shift that we have not seen in over 400 years that could change the direction of the country and bring unity that we've yet to see. Um, and so I just wanted to ask you a couple questions, kind of, you know, lay out the setting and hear what you have to say, um, yeah. you know, so that, so that, that hopefully we can help others, you know, come to, um, you know, a realization or an understanding and, uh, and, you know, move towards a, a forward direction, um, as you know, human, as a human race. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So. Um, a little bit about George Floyd. I'm sure most everyone has heard about him. Um, on May 25th, uh, George Floyd w- was murdered. Um, he uh, was a victim of um, a bad police officer. Um, everybody, everybody knows the story where a police officer kept his knee on George Floyd's neck for uh, nearly 10 minutes, um, causing him to... Uh, you know, suffocate, lose blood flow to the brain. Um, and uh, the call was made at the site where an unresponsive male um, was, and uh, they called for uh, a medic. And when he, he arrived at the hospital, he was pronounced dead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen reports of where George Floyd's family said that he was a gentle giant. You know, people in his community say, uh, the story of where, where he helped drag a little pool for baptisms through a parking lot so that people he knew could be baptized. Um, mm. He was 46 years old when he died. He had two daughters, uh, a six-year-old and a 22-year-old. Um, George had recently lost his job due to the stay-at-home order, but for pri- five years prior to that, he was a security guard for restaurant business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so many people have you know, advocated for him and spoken highly of him and said that he was just a fantastic guy and he did a lot for his community. So it's just a, an absolute tragedy that this has happened. And, um, you know, there's a lot of hurting people out there and many people who are confused and many people who, who just don't know how to stand in an issue like this, because, you know, this is becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah. Um, and somehow with how fast our media moves these days and the news comes out there's not a long time to process these things you know Mm -hmm. we go from one thing to another so i think it's important for us to talk about this um yeah so so i want to jump in Corey, and just first of all ask you um when you first when you first heard what happened and maybe after you even saw the footage um what did you feel how did how did you process this yeah there so there's there was so much emotion. Um, so it happened on Monday, um, May 25th, which was also my birthday. And um, so I didn't find out uh, until Tuesday morning. Because uh, I was, you know, driving from Atlanta uh, back to Tennessee. But uh, so when I found out 
Um, and I, I just, I saw it, you know, on my Facebook timeline, mm-hmm. um, just articles and some videos, some people have posted, um, and, uh, to be honest, I, I didn't think anything of it. I just scrolled past it. Um, just because it was just, you know, I was getting ready for work and ready to uh, get the day started. But um, right around my lunch hour, um, as I was on social media a little bit more, I started seeing more videos on it. So I ended up clicking on that just to figure out what was going on. Um, And I watched all 10 minutes of the video. Um, I was angered all 10 minutes of the video. Hmm. Uh, I wanted to find out more information um, about the circumstances and that was happening around um, this tragedy um, and to see what was going on. For me, it was something that um, when I initially saw the video, I was just in, you know, disbelief. I was angry. I was in disbelief. I was uh, shocked that this has happened yet again. Um, You know, this is the uh, second, I believe, second or third um, thing like this that has happened just in this month alone. So May 2020, um, you know, we had the video footage that surfaced from Ahmaud Aubrey, um, yep. beginning of May, um, about a week later, Breonna Taylor was mm-hmm. murdered. Um, we have uh, George now, um, this past week. And so, uh, as you stated earlier, we're seeing a lot of this happen, um, and it's more prevalent. Um, and so, so yeah, so I, when I saw it, I was, you know, angered, I was upset, I was disappointed, I was, you know, I'm tired. Um, I am um, wearied um, about the whole situation. Yet again, we have to have another conversation about this. Um, and, uh, and just to see the people's comments on social media uh, was disheartening. Christians, um, people who are not Christians, um, those who are Black, white, Hispanic, you know, Asian, just to see a multitude of comments on this with the, the disregard of human life. Uh, and so uh, just to watch the video and look at it. And then I think maybe later on that day, I also saw the security footage of when he was actually arrested. Um, this security camera that was outside of the store uh, where it was alleged that uh, he had had a fake or counterfeited $20 bill um, of him actually being arrested and detained. Um, And that had happened. So the security footage shows him being arrested and detained before the whole altercation took place where we get the 10 minute video of um, the officer kneeling on his neck. And so, um, so yeah, it was it was a mix of emotions, but um, it was something that you know me personally I could not stay silent about. Um, you know, as a um, Christian who is a pastor, who is also black, yeah. uh, African American, and so you know I just couldn't remain silent uh, any longer. And I think, um, you know, on Tuesday, when all of this started surfacing, you actually reached out to me um, via text and um, and we went back and forth, you know, just talking a little bit about uh, this murder um, that was a police officer who killed a man. Um, and let me press it this way, a white officer who killed a black man because um, <clears throat> we can we can try to separate the two, but ultimately it was a white police officer who killed a black man, and um, now you know George is no longer here, um, and then we are left with the aftermath of uh, all the foolishness that has taken place since Monday. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah. Um, 
I know it's it's kind of shaky ground to um, give an opinion on how people should respond to this, but what do you think the importance of addressing an issue like this is? Like, um, how do you think that it impacts others to see that you acknowledge the issue and whether or not you post it on Facebook, you at least make it known that, that you understand and know that this is something that, you know, we can't, we can't continue to do this yeah. as a country, as a community, as people who are trying to move forward from a past that's, um, it, it doesn't reflect where we want to be now. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's important, number one, because of not white officer, black man that was killed, but it's a humanity issue. Hmm. It's, this is a person who lost their life. Yeah. Regardless of the circumstances surrounding it, meaning regardless if he actually committed a crime or not, um, at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, George Floyd is no longer here. Yeah. And his family is left with the grieving process and the moving forward process and to seek justice and to seek, um, you know, vengeance um, for the murder of their family member. Yeah. And so I think with all racism aside for a moment, um, or race aside for a moment that this was a person who died hmm. uh, at the hands of a police officer where the whole situation should have been prevented. Mm-hmm. Like there was no reason for him to to die. And so I think it, it opens the door for us to have conversations like this. It opens the door for us to have conversations with our family and with our friends um, because it allows us to uh, understand and to see that it just wasn't a black person that died. It was a person that lost their life. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think, especially in today's society where we, we have stories like this happening uh, constantly um, that the humanity side of things, no matter where you lean at in your political view, uh, no matter uh, if you are a Christian or a non-Christian, black or white, Hispanic, Asian, uh, male, female, um, you know, um, you know, heterosexual, homosexual, you know, all of those things, no matter what you decide to put your preference in, at the end of the day, we're all human. Mm-hmm. And so the humanity side of it, to, to watch a video like this and see before your eyes within 10 minutes uh, a man's life be, being taken from him uh, is a travesty. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially in the circumstances of you're hearing the man say he can't breathe. Yeah. Um, you're feeling the emotion of the situation with all these people surrounding the four officers and George. Um, you, you literally hear him crying out for his mother. Um, you feel the weight of his body becomes limp and he's now non-responsive. And you continue to do the actions that you did. And so it's, it's bringing yeah. awareness to the fact that there is overt racism. There is a humanity issue. There is a sin issue. There is a issue with how the training of police officers are taking place, um, adjusting and um, knowing the situation and identifying the situation that you're in. Yeah. Um, it, it, it tells us as bystanders, innocent bystanders, that, um, that we need to be aware of our situations. Exactly. That, um, that video footage such as this helps um, in the process of justice. Um, you know, just thinking back to, you know, three weeks ago with Ahmaud Arbery, and if the video would have never came forward, there would have not had been any charges brought up against those two men. Oh, definitely. And definitely. so, um, 
and, and I believe that happened. I, I could be wrong about the timeline, but it was either two weeks or two months prior to when everyone else saw the video. Yeah, it was two months. So he died back in February, like February 28th, I believe. Um, yeah. And it took two, 74 days. Wow. So imagine it, 74 days for charges to be brought up against a person who was shot um, and hunted, hunted down. And so, so yeah, so, so just being aware of your situation, having the conversation, look, you know, what we, you and I are doing right now is pivotal for uh, this issue um, for a black man such as I and a white man such as you to sit down and talk to each other, to listen to each other, to try to find common ground in how we live life and do community with each other. And so I think it's important for, and we can get into some specifics a little later, but it's important for us to have the conversation and it's important for us to be aware of what's going on in our surroundings. Definitely. Um, So, yeah. Um, Earlier, you mentioned two words that I think are um, absolutely necessary in addressing right now. You, you, you said the word justice and you said the word vengeance. Mm-hmm. Right now, we are seeing skewed definitions of both mm-hmm. where you have multiple sides and division being created over how this should be handled. Um, what, what are your recommendations as you know, an individual of the African-American community and also a pastor? How do you navigate justice and vengeance? Well, um, simply put, vengeance... Uh, as you know, you just gave the preference for me as a Christian pastor, um, vengeance belongs to the Lord. So we as Americans, we as people, we as humans should not be trying to seek vengeance on our own. Yeah. Um, a whole lot of craziness can happen when we try to take vengeance and situations in our own hands. I am 100% against the riots um, and the looting and the burning down of buildings and doing all kind of craziness that we've seen in the past um, three or four days um, that doesn't solve anything. It actually furthers the the issue of racism. It furthers the issue of police uh, brutality. It, it furthers the issue of um, just the sin nature. Yeah. Uh, Justice, on the other hand, uh, has to be served. Um, it is important for justice to be served for several reasons. Um, the first one is for, or so that uh, forgiveness can go forth. Um, it's important for justice to be served so that the healing process can begin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can bring closure to the situation um, for the family. Um, And we've seen uh, a lot of things have transpired within um, two days of the video getting um, sent out. We now have the FBI that's in um, overseeing the case. We have the mayor of uh, Minneapolis that is involved now, um, as well as the police chief of the entire um, city and the state. And so we see all of these things taking place and transpiring. We see the four men have been fired. Um, That actually took place, I believe, the day after the killing. Um, And then um, I think a day or two later, or actually yesterday, um, the four men have been charged um, with the murder of George Floyd. And so we're, we're seeing the beginning processes of, of all of that take place. We're seeing that uh, the beginning of the, of the justice is taking place um, right now. And uh, it's just the beginning. It's, we don't know um, if these guys are going to actually serve time for this. Um, we don't know the circumstances and situations surrounding that. What we do know is that they were fired and that um, charges have been brought up against them. And, um, and that's just the beginning for justice. And so uh, justice has to be served in uh, situations like this. Um, and so um, I'm hopeful um, that justice will be swift. 
um, that this wouldn't be a delayed process um, and and all of that. Um, they, they've already tried to um, it's, it's unfortunate for situations like this um, where the victim um, and in this case a murder victim is dragged through the mud uh, if that makes sense where they yeah. try to um, make them out to be the bad guy um, you know at the end of the day if the crime was committed, it was twenty dollars. Yeah. Like, like, think about that. Think about just the the travesty of that. That for a twenty dollar bill that was supposedly fake, and I don't and like and I'm saying supposedly because I don't know. I don't know the, the actual facts and details behind this. What I do know is that they said that it was over a, uh, they called it a. a, a like a forge or fake check, but it was a yeah. $20 bill that was counterfeited. Um, and they believe that he was the suspect or he was the one who gave the money. And then the store owners called the police. And, but like just wrapping your mind around that a human life was lost over $20. Yeah. Um, mm. And so, so yeah. And so, and like, you know, in situations like this, um, we we have to see justice um, and all that, and I think people um, confuse justice with vengeance, as we stated earlier, and they think by going out and burning buildings and stealing from Target and breaking windows at AutoZone and doing all of these crazy stuff that they are getting justice for George, and in yeah. reality they're making it a bad situation even worse yeah, um, yeah. because uh, and here's the crazy thing we have people who are supposed to be role models celebrities and um, other p- politicians and, and all that who are rooting for this and wanting this to happen mm-hmm. and instigating this uh, yeah. and all of that and it's just it's unfortunate um, that we have to we have to see this. Exactly. Um, I think I, I've I've read in multiple places where you know people are absolutely what you like advocating for the rioting and the destruction of property. Um, and at the end of the day, that that is property, but it it does not help the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw where amidst all of the rioting in Minneapolis, there was an individual shot and killed. Um, and I, I can't speak for George, but I imagine that's not what he had envisioned when he was giving back to his community and dragging, you know, a pool across parking lots or through a field Mm -hmm. for his friends to be baptized. Um, I I've also read in multiple places where people have said that it's come to a point where there has to be some large, profound, you know, um, pivotal moment where people are crying out and showing so much anger that, that the shift is forced to take place, um, where people are talking about how Colin Kaepernick, you know, kneeled for months on end during the national anthem at football games. And somehow, you know, that was snuffed out and, now these killings that he was standing up for are still mm-hmm. happening. And so people feel like, well, you didn't listen to us then. You're going to listen to us now. And I believe during the video, I read a quote this morning where an individual who was at the scene um, of George Floyd's death said, dude, one of my homies died the same way. And, you know, so, so this is happening and we're not seeing everything that's mm-hmm. happening. And I think that there is, there is obviously – um, and we've seen this for a long time. There's a people group crying out. Um, and I mean, even, even the old saying of you back a bear into a corner and you're going to get hurt or you're going to get bit. You know, there's, I, I think that some people don't feel like they have another option in showing their frustration and, you know, crying out saying, Hey, like this has to change. You know, there's anger there and, and people being scared, um, afraid. You've heard a lot of people mm-hmm. saying, you know, 
African Americans are afraid for their lives in America. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you say to those people who are scared and afraid, and maybe acting out of fear by, you know, this product of anger? Well, um, this is probably going to go against the grain a little bit, but I I think it's okay to be afraid in certain instances uh, because being afraid at times can keep you alive. Um, And what I mean by that is if I'm not afraid, if I, if I, if I say that I I have no fear and I'm not afraid, then I can just run out into the interstate. Um, But it's because of my fear of being killed that way Um, because it's my uh, notion that uh, this is not the purpose for my life, then I'm not going to do that. And so, uh, and I, and I hope that comes across um, the way that I I meant it to come across, but it's, it's, it's okay to have a little bit of fear um, in that regard for your own life. Um, And I think that with, uh, situations like this is um, is it's it's your fight, but then again, it's not your fight. If that makes sense. Hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is that uh, you don't have to put yourself in harm's way. Hmm. Uh, you don't have to go out and do the crazy things that people have been doing already. Um, but it, there is a fight that has to be inside of each and every one of us, no matter what your race is, that, that I'm going to stand for justice, that I'm going to stand against racism, that I am going to protect the people that's in my family. I'm going to protect the people that's in my community. And, and I'm going to um, stand tall and, and, and live my life. And, um, and so that means that um, I need to have personal responsibility for what's going on in my life. And um, we have, you know, as was stated earlier, we had, there's a systematic um, racism that um, causes people to have uh, Fear where they don't want to go out and do anything, and I don't. I don't think that's right. good. I don't think that's needed. No. Um, there is so much uh, overt racism uh, that you you just don't know, and so mm-hmm. you as a white person being pulled over by a cop is going to be treated differently than me being pulled over as a black man by a cop. Um. And I think that's where a lot of people get to the point where they talk about, you know, um, as far as black people having fear is that um, we don't get approached the same way as as other people, other races. And so I think that I think um, to your your question, I think for some people that um, that that brings up so much pain uh, because they know firsthand of the situation. Um, such as, you know, you just quoted the guy who was there at the, the killing of uh, George, uh, you know, said that, you know, that happened to one of his homies, that happened to one of his buddies. And so um, so we, we're seeing it more often. Um, and 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 by no means, just because you don't you don't see the video footage of uh, something like this happening, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. There's, right. it's, it's happening on a consistent basis um, where it's not being filmed because no one's around, really. And so uh, we're, we're seeing people get killed, get people getting shot in the back, uh, people who are already subdued and in the police car, they end up dead. Um, we, we're just seeing these types of situations happening over and over and over again that, that it that it has to build up some type of fear inside of you. I mean, you can't, you can take the strongest um, people in the world and, 
if they see this thing happening a hundred times, well, what what are we supposed to do? Like, how are we supposed to right. live? How are we supposed to think? And I've like I've heard some um, powerful um, or what we would consider some powerful and prominent pastors and leaders in the community um, who have stated that you know they themselves feel fear because they've seen this over and over again. That hey, I don't know. What's going to happen now? Now, all before it was yeah. me going out of my house and doing something with friends. Now is, you know, people breaking into my house and killing me in my house. Yeah. And so the mm. shift has changed. It's not just happening. You know, all before it used to happen just at night. Now it's happening in broad daylight. Uh, it yeah. used to happen undercover where no one is seeing it. No one's able to record it. No one's able to witness it. Now it's being filmed in the streets in broad daylight and mm. there is no regard for human life. You, you see what I'm saying? And yeah. so if it's happening yeah. in broad daylight, if it's happening in the street, if it's happening while people are being filmed and the, the person is looking at the camera while it's going on with no remorse in their face, no, uh, uh, no uh, conscious of what's going on as far as them knowing exactly what they're doing and knowing that it's wrong, hearing the person you know, yeah. scream out to his mama, hearing the person say they can't breathe, feeling their limp body and their non-responsive body, and you're still, you know, putting your knee in their neck. Like, if it's happening like that, and now, you know, with other situations with, you know, people going into the homes and killing the people while they're sleeping, or you, you, you mistakenly mm-hmm. entered into the wrong home, you know, type thing. Like, if that's happening to all these people, then where is, where is, where do you feel safe at? Because if you don't feel safe in your own home, then you're just not going to feel safe. And so, um, I just think that, so like I said, I think that there's uh, some healthy fear that, that teaches us, uh, hey, maybe today is not the day that we need to go out and and riot. Everybody is tense on both sides of the thing. Um, and maybe, maybe today is just, it's just not the day. And so, yeah. and that's fine. That that's a healthy fear that we need to have. But there's, there's also that fear where, look, I don't know. I don't know if I'm hanging out with my friends, if I'm going to get racially profiled. Hmm. And like, I've, I thought about that too. I like, so I have uh, friends on all sides, you know, the different races and, and ethnicities and nationalities. And so I don't know if a group of us go out, you know, tonight, for instance, um, if someone's going to racially profile me. And, and so, so, yeah, it's just being aware and having self-awareness and knowing the people that you're surrounded by. Uh, knowing the situations that you're in, where you're at, um, and remaining calm. Um, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there's a there's a huge going with that um, racial profiling. I think that there's a huge breakdown in our um, judicial system as far as uh, police. Honestly, I think there's there's inconsistencies mm-hmm. in training, inconsistencies in um, you know, how you approach something. I think that I hope and I pray that out of this situation, um, unfortunately, it's, it's the third one this month, but out of this third situation of this month, there comes some call to action for officers to receive a consistent mm-hmm. training. Um, I, I don't know, you know much about the police force, but you know, I imagine there's something that can be mandated on the, on the national scale that requires you know, a certain set of steps. I have friends who have served in the military and even in active duty in the middle of Afghanistan, they have a little action card that they are supposed to keep in their breast pocket that literally tells them, you know, firing on an individual is mm-hmm. the last resort. You know, they're supposed to wave a car down, flag a car down, send a smoke signal, warning shots, you know, calling out to people saying, hey, stop, don't come any closer. There are many steps that you take before you take lethal action. And I hope that out of this, you know, there comes some sort of mandate where officers have to take the utmost precaution. And, you know, when it comes to guns, a lot of them carry mm-hmm. tasers, you know, that's there. They have yeah. other options. 
and, and there being four officers there, it didn't take one officer just to, you know, hold that man still. There could have been two men holding mm-hmm. his arms, you know, like, I really hope that there is some reformation that happens from this. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, um, yeah. So we have body cams on police officers because of situations like this, um, that has resulted to, uh, you know, cross board, cross, um, the entire globe, um, or the, the nation where police officers are required to have body cams. Um, on them, um, that that came out of um, situations just like this, um, mm. and I think it's it's even it's holding the the police officers accountable for their actions because uh, I think the mayor and the police chief um, there even stated that nowhere in their training. Is it lawful for uh, a officer to uh, basically hold down and cut off someone's airway? Um, mm. And it still happened, and so that wasn't even in training, and so and it still happened. Um, so really, yeah. getting these officers trained, getting these officers on one accord, um, <clears throat> adjusting situations. I know that certain um, cities um for example i think it was in alabama it's in alabama or tennessee where if a uh, police officer stops the individual and they come to find out that it is a black person that they will actually even call in a black officer to be there um to i guess be a witness or to deal with the matter um mm. so i don't know if they need to do more of that i don't know i don't know what um, what needs to be done as far as this goes, but as far as everybody else, it is having the conversation about racism. It's having the conversation about police brutality. It's having the conversation about yeah. um, me as a black person, what I'm wanting from my white friends. Um, yeah. It's part of, you know, educating other people of the racism that I receive. And I've received, I've have had, um, I have been a part of direct and indirect racism before, even in the church world. Get mm. that. Does that make sense? Wow. <laughs> like even, even in no. <laughs> Christianity, even in the church world, even for positions that I've applied for and have been overlooked for and stuff of that nature, um, there has been racist uh, intentions, um, slurs. slurs. Been, um, you know, I've been overlooked for positions that I was not only qualified for, but I was there for and the right person mm. for the job. But because I was black, I, I wasn't good enough. Um, you know, and so so I've had that happen to me. Um, I've had um, like missed opportunities because of that, and um, and so we have to keep having the conversation. We have to keep listening to each other. Um, I have to know as a black man that when I'm hanging out with uh, my white friends, that they are going to protect me. They're not going to side with the police. They know me. So this is this is not. I'm not talking yeah. about somebody who don't know. I'm talking about people that I know who are. Um, who are my friends, um, who I have done life with, who I continue to do life with, um, that they will stand for me. Uh, and it, and it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting, if I can just get a little bit personal, even more, it's been a little interesting because I haven't had that many of my white friends talk to me about this situation. So like I said earlier, this is the third time that this has happened this month. And the conversation hasn't been held uh, with too many of my white friends. I think you have been the only one that's been consistent at each time, you know, situations like this. You have, you know, asked me questions, got my opinions, got my thoughts about things like this. And so, you know, thank you for that. But as far as some of the other ones, um, I haven't had that conversation 
with a lot of people. I've had some people who, uh, you know, some good friends in Atlanta who have reached out to me um, and just messaged me um, through Instagram or on uh, social media. Uh, people who have, you know, stood by me, uh, those who have liked the post, those who have reshared the post, those who have commented on the post and stuff like that. Um, we, we can't be silent in today's time. We're not, we're not silent about anything else that happens in the world. So why are we silent about this issue? Mm. We talk about sports. Yeah. We talk about politics. We talk about church world stuff. We talk about, um, you know, the injustice of animals and how animals are um, treated cruelly and, and, and all of that. We talk about abortion. We talk about homosexuality. We talk, we talk about all of these different things. But when it comes to race, the church wants to sit quiet about this. And we can't we can't mm. do that anymore. Wow. Uh, it's it's high time that we actually speak out against these things, because racism is just uh, as hard as all these other issues. Racism is just as important and on the heart of God as as everything else. And so, why are we so willing to talk about all these other things that we're dealing with? In society, but when it comes to police brutality, when it comes to, and it, <clears throat> the sad thing is, I I see a lot of I see a lot of people who post daily about all of their situations. You get what I'm saying? Mm. They they post about all the stuff that goes yeah. on. They don't like this candidate, and they don't like that candidate. They don't like, <clears throat> um, you know, the church is essential, and you know why, you know. Why did the government allow alcohol stores or liquor stores to be open and not the church and, and all of these other things? But we, we shy away from these issues like this when it's overt, when it's in our face, when we see the videos, we see the, the situation and circumstance that is before our eyes and we we shy away from that. And so I'm thankful that a lot of pastors, yes. a lot of leaders have stepped up to the plate and um, have shared and have posted and have started the conversation. Um, I think more of it needs to happen on a regular basis. Um, it needs to, we can't sit still with this. That's what, I guess that's the point I'm making. We can't, we, we can't sit still with mm. With this video, we can't sit still with all the things that has happened and this and this continued church as usual. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, right. Well, I have one more question for you, Corey. Um, but before we get to that, I definitely do want to thank you for talking about this. Um, mm -hmm. I know it's not easy. I know that, you know, no matter what anyone says this day and age, especially with social media being everywhere, um, you're, yeah. there's backlash and I, I really admire you for the stance that you have, um, and for the leadership that you've portrayed, um, and that you've been true to yourself. I think a lot of people lose themselves in situations like this. And I think that you have remained very calm and collected. And I, I just really admire that about you. Um, so thanks for talking. I really <laughs> do appreciate the fact yeah. that you and I are friends. Um, your insight has meant so much to me. Um, the last question I have is, you know, our, our, podcast name is kingdom threads so how can we as christians move forward as the body of christ and make this beneficial to the kingdom i know it's nearly impossible to see at this moment a lot of times you know how what's happening now impacts the future um but in your opinion how how can we make this go you know, for, for the greater good. Of the I think it, it goes back to the very first podcast when we were talking about why the name and the meaning behind <clears throat> Kingdom Threats. And, um, and for me, um, if I remember correctly, I stated that uh, we're all at different levels in our life. Some are married, some are singles, some have kids, some don't. Um, age difference, um, different nationalities, races, um, um, different things um, that makes us unique. Um, and 
the good thing about that is if we thread our lives together, we, we, we're, we're better. We're, we're, we know that we as a people are better together. Um, and so yeah, that's good. I don't, I don't want to just be friends with black people. I don't want to just be friends with Hispanic people. I don't want to be friends, just friends with uh, white people, Asian people, uh, Indonesian people. Uh, I just, I, I want to be friends with everybody. And so I want to uh, speak to different people, different age groups, different diversities. And, um, and so when, when we are together, and talking more about when, when the different uh, races are together, when the different nationalities and ethnicities are together, we are better. Uh, we can achieve more. We can do more. Right. Um, when we are all on one accord, and that was the the message of of Jesus at the end of his uh, earthly life was that so that we can be on one accord with each other. And so that we can do yeah. life together with each other. It's not just something where I ha- I'm just a part of the black community and that's it. Um, and right. I am not just a part of the Christian community and that's it. Um, where I can sit down with another race, sit down with uh, a person of a different religion and have a conversation with them we may not agree on everything and that's fine we don't need to agree on everything but what we do need to agree on and what's at the center of every person um, is humanity and so we can't take Mm -hmm. that for granted we can't take um, being human for granted Um, you know there's this thing that there is actually only one race and that's the human race and then there's just different colors, yeah, um, yeah, so to speak. But there's only one one race, and that's the you know the human race. And everybody is qualified for that. Everybody uh, is a part of that. And so, um, regardless if you're black or brown or white um, or anything else, it is the importance that I am human, you are human, you have value, I have value. Um, I matter just as much as you matter, just as much as everybody matters, right? And me being Black, my life Mm. matters, not more than yours, but it still matters. And I I don't think that people really understand that. Exactly. It may not matter. uh, uh, It's not going to matter as much as yours or much as anybody else's, but it still matters. And like, I can't, you like, people can't look down on me just because I'm black through no new, no choice of my own. And to say, just because you're black, you don't matter. Just because you're black, you're not qualified. Just because you're black, you don't have a voice. Like, like that's, that's nonsense. That's craziness. That's wicked and sinful. And so Mm. us getting together, you matter. I matter. Black lives matters. Um, in the, in with just as much as everybody else, life matters, but black lives still matter. Um, and uh, yeah. when we get on one accord, you know, the Bible says that we can do, you know, great things, um, even greater things than what Jesus did in His time. And so, um, yeah, we have to. And so, the kingdom mindset as a pastor. Um, who is um, black that you know we have to do life together it's it's so important for us to do life together it's so important for us to as I stated earlier to have the conversation and to listen to one another it's so important for us to uh, be about our father's business Um, and Mm. that is to break down uh, every wall every hindrance that does not unite us like at, at the at the end of the day, that is the wow. father's business yeah. for us uh, that he he required for us to occupy until he comes. 
is to break down the walls of division mm. so that we can be united. And so when I say, when I say that, I mean every wall That's that good. divides us. Um, and, you know, sometimes, and I, and I hate to say this, but it's true, sometimes we get in our Christian bubble and we don't want to deal with anybody else. We, we, we get in our Christian bubble and mm. we don't want to deal with uh, people who uh, are homosexuals. We don't want to deal with people who are, um, you know, uh, if we're Baptists, we don't want to deal with people who are, uh, who are non-Baptists, um, you know, that type of stuff. We have, there's so much division right. and so much, um, so much things that, that keep us uh, away from each other and apart. And, uh, and I'll leave with this or, or close with this. Uh, the Bible says that um, a family that is against itself will not stand. Um, and so God has called us a family, everybody a family. And if we fight against ourselves, we, we can't stand. Uh, and when, when I mean by that is we, if we fight against the human race, the one race that we have, we will not stand. Um, and so we just have uh, to be mindful yeah. of that. We have to be, we have to be mindful that, um, that there is work to be done on the issue of racism, uh, there's work to be done on the issue of police brutality. There's uh, work to be done on uniting us, 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 capital U, capital S, uh, uniting us as a people <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> so yeah, this, I mean, this whole thing was very raw. Um, I'm I'm probably going to leave it unedited. Um, And so, yeah. Excuse me. Well, thank you for jumping on here today, Corey. Um, I really hope that this, you know, brings hope to some people, uh, insight to others, maybe understanding to some. Um, But I, I do... Completely. Again, I, I want to say that I completely am grateful um, for your friendship and for your insight mm-hmm. and the opportunity that you yeah. and I have to sit down and have a conversation mm-hmm. about this because so many people are closed off to things like that. So um, I love you, man. Love you, too. And uh, yeah, forward to love the next, you, too. Thank the next for, conversation thank we get you to have. for so. um, even reaching out to me uh, two days ago about this and for us to get together and um, just talk about all of this and for you to just hear my heart and to uh, <clears throat> keep the conversation going. So it's, it's, it's definitely important for us. And so love you too, uh, respect you uh, and your wife, uh, Julia and Benjamin, baby Benjamin. Uh, cannot wait to see you guys again. Baby Benjamin. <clears throat> and so, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, Sounds good. take care Bye. and uh, we'll talk soon.